0: Because, because I'm, a hot, girl, I'm, a hot, I'm a hot girl, I do hot, hot, shit. Shit. Hot, shit. hot shit, hot shit, hot shit, hot shit, Because I'm a hot girl, hot All
1: hot right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Hot Girl Agenda. My name's Yessie, and with me here is the lovely Rara. And today we have a really awesome guest. I'm super excited about our guest today, Samantha Rodriguez. Samantha, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name's
2: Samantha Rodriguez. I go by, like, Suki's mom. If you do follow me on Twitter, my pronouns are she, her, hers, And yeah, I'm just a person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You gotta give yourself more credit than that.
2: (laughs) A big-time cat mom. Um, And I organized with Suffolk County DSA over here in Long Island I've joined uh end of the new year basically my new year's resolution basically was to join into DSA so yeah that's awesome
0: that's That's rad welcome (laughs) thank you we love having uh hot DSA girls on Mm -hmm. (laughs) the hot caucus so the DSA hot caucus yeah exactly So I've been following you for a little bit now. Um, Actually, I don't think I've been following you for like more than like a couple months, I think. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I saw you online and then I was instantly like, how have I not followed this person before? What the hell? And then pretty much like everything you tweet, it's a banger or is just like something I like. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And I feel like such a like I'm trying not to be a reply guy to you, but I'm always just like, love it, love it, love it, love it. No, I'm literally that way with you, though.
2: Like, And also, I, my Twitter account was like a 1k account. I've been on Twitter since 2009. Like I've been through it. And I was 1k till like, December. And that's where I really, yeah, no, it, it was so random. I went on like a Twitch live stream and debated. I was a debate bro. Nice, (laughs) nice. (laughs) but I debated some like DJ about socialism and I ended up like gaining a following from that so that's That's how my like little Twitter adventure happened so yeah that's why you guys now know me as Suki's mom I had to change my name on Twitter after that too it was interesting but yeah
0: that is insane I had no idea that you were so that's why I haven't like really you haven't really been on my radar before yeah I'm relatively new to the Twitter scene (laughs) Yeah. And it's unfortunate because you're relatively new, but I see that you're already facing the same, you know, vitriol that a lot (sighs) of socialist femmes experience when they get any kind of recognition online. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because in the past couple of days, it seems to have ramped up with. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So yeah,
2: being a socialist femme online is braver than the troops like five million (laughs) like this is a this is a scary job and I you know it's I've had vitriol hurled at me even when I was a a smaller account and I know um Mm -hmm. other people who I know on Twitter like Erica I don't know if you guys know like Erica on Twitter she's spoken about like getting harassed by people on Twitter even as a smaller account so I'm it has been a thing that I've dealt with. I had to change my name on Twitter. Like, I took a lot of, like, my information off because I had people trying to dox me a while back. Jesus. Yeah, they're crazy. So, yeah, being a femme online and, and being a woman, a sex worker who... Uh, also does politics is some uh, for some reason this like giant contradiction in a lot of people's minds they they, they're convinced that I cannot you know if you're if you're a whore you can't be a communist like it's Mm -hmm. impossible
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I definitely have
0: a lot of experience with that um no I can imagine (laughs) yeah in the past couple days I've definitely like felt for you more because you landed on the wrong side of leftist twitter um, yeah by criticizing by by criticizing for some reason everyone <laughs> saves uh Ryan Knight and Jimmy Dore. oh god wait, wait. <laughs> you see, have, have you not
1: seen these posts I have not so so for my benefit and for like the benefit of the listeners who haven't seen it can you walk us through what happened absolutely so
2: to give you a little backstory I joined DSA I'm and I'm not even saying this just I'm on here I joined DSA because of Rara and because of Aaron like posted his trap card because I was always told yeah literally I I was always told by so many people DSA is liberal like DSA is this and that like I Mm -hmm. heard constant stuff that DSA was just not a place for like socialists or communists to organize so Mm -hmm. I was like okay I'm not gonna do that I'm not a liberal like I'm I'm staying away from that and it wasn't until I saw people like you and people like Aaron, who I was like, I respect them. I think they're incredibly intelligent. They have great things to say and they're in DSI and they're organizing and I'm not doing anything. So, and, and also like, it was kind of like an epiphany. I'm like, I'm sitting here like being mad about all this stuff, but I'm not organizing to make any difference. And I'm reading this theory and I'm not, I'm not engaging in practice. Like it, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of rhetoric bleeds into people like absolutely. Sure. So when I see people like Ryan Knight, who does have this enormous platform, sitting mm-hmm. there and saying like, DSA is I radicalized past that. And if you're in DSA, like you're just a part of the DNC oh, that personally, yeah, it just personally offends. Uh, not even just me, but like the fact that I know it's going to affect people Like, and their people in mm-hmm. the rhetoric does affect people. And that that absolutely. makes me upset. So I decided I, I decided to do push back to it because I do think it's important personally, because I was like affected by that rhetoric. Sure. And I made a post about how Ryan Knight, you know, shouldn't be talking about DSA. And I, I've made several posts about him talking about organizers specifically. And he ended up, quote, tweeting me and oh. saying, like,
0: <laughs> to how many follow It's like he has an absurd amount of followers, too, which is like the also the huge problem three hundred
2: and fifty nine thousand people yeah and he a lot of them I are from um like when he was proud resistor instead of <laughs> proud socialist so literally uh, like a year ago like yeah cleaning um, Nancy Pelosi and everything but he he quote tweeted me I tweeted, I just hope at this point, it's very clear to people that Jimmy Dore, Ryan Knight, and all the others in their circle are not our allies. And that was in reference specifically, and I explained in a thread, to Ryan Knight boosting Jimmy Dore and Jimmy Dore going on Tucker Carlson. Mm, mm -hmm. And just nodding and laughing along with Tucker Carlson, like having a grand old time. So I tweeted that. He decides to quote tweet me and says, I just hope at this point, it's very clear to people that anyone who treats a politician like a celebrity and overreacts to even valid criticism is in a cult of personality movement. Wow.
1: the con- <laughs> Yeah. The cognitive dissonance <laughs> Literally- there, right? Like, geez.
2: I, uh, first of all, I, Ryan, I didn't talk about any politician in this post. Like I'm, it's not referencing that. And the fact that your mind can only structure your arguments around electoral politics says a lot about like where you are. And exactly. you're learning. And so that started just madness. So my mention started to get filled with people being like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just an AOC stan. What? Um, you're just- a, you
1: a, never yeah, mentioned AOC from the jump. And this is the line though. This
0: is the line they use to attack people that uh, just criticize Ryan Knight and Jimmy Dore. It's like suddenly you're an AOC stan. And it's like- Which- also too, like
2: my last tweet about AOC and I've chosen just to stop ever talking about her because I just don't want to anymore because I don't care because right. we already know she's a liberal politician. She's not yeah. going to like, and I, in my last tweet about her, I was like, this is gross. It was her. Um, Cause I had posted about her that day, not seeing her video. And then I was like, okay, well now people are going to think I'm responding to this, but I'm not. And Rara, I was actually, your, you had posted it and I saw it from you and I was like, oh my God. I picked the wrong day. No, no, it's
0: just funny because I had assumed, I, I just assumed you didn't see her whole video, like basically, kind of like, um, you know, running cover for Biden's immigration policies. Which I just responded to it because I was just like, I can't believe she doubled down on this. Like it was a bad opinion in the first place, and then she doubled down on it, and I was just like in shock at how bad her instincts were on that. Yeah, there's no
2: room to like negotiate human rights and be like, oh well, this is a less like that was gross period end of story yeah where are her people on that because that was just a mess yeah I have no idea who could be in her ear right now and like personally I was never like super super invested in her I was like mm-hmm. like I liked her at the beginning when she had first run my mom like loves her but sure. I was like more after Bernie lost I was just kind of like you know sad and I just wasn't yeah. as invested yeah. in that kind of stuff but yeah so mm-hmm. apparently criticizing Ryan Knight is a uh, is being an AOC stand. like you have to be. So they were all on my mentions, and I started to get a lot of misogynistic comments about you know, I'm just a girl who posts, this is, every, I am the girl who posts selfies. Like that's my name. Like, hello. Hi girl who posts selfies. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's all like Nico house was quote tweeting me saying, I, 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 all I do is post selfies and this and that,
0: um, and just different people. And like, that it's just false. It's also just wrong. Like you can look yeah. at your timeline and see that you post about, like you post about doing stuff in your community. Like you are mm. an active member in political organizing.
2: And it's just, it's also so strange to me because I sit here and I'm like, you do know, like I can, first of all, again, I'm a sex worker. I sell photos of myself. So when I post Mm -hmm. selfies, I get a lot like more subscribers. And unfortunately, I have thought about like differentiating platforms. And it's tough because I started my Twitter, you know, in 2009. And I have built a following on here and to move it would be, I I would worry because this is my income. I don't have another income. I'm in law school. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. capable of Mm -hmm. taking another job right now. So to do that, it's something that I like grapple with, but I also feel like I shouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. I can be a woman, a femme online and post pictures of myself and also post about politics and things I care about. You know, those things shouldn't have to be separated.
1: Absolutely not. The fact that, Automatically, just because you're a femme person criticizing this this dude, this white dude. You are an AOC stand. I think there has, like, racial implications there as well. Absolutely. And there's also, like, gender implications there, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, for this, like, white dude to say that, to look at you and say that, I think that the, 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 there's a subtextual element there that is, like, addressing your race and your gender. And
2: saying, like, yeah, because you are um, a Latina woman, like, you must be, like, mm-hmm. taping for this other Latina woman exactly yeah to make that like jump and to assume that a femme woman who is criticizing you has to be on the other it's just very weird it's very misogynistic it's and he knows too that by quote tweeting me like I I don't think he doesn't know that I was going to get so much vitriol and I I
0: think he does know that and he doesn't care like it i you know yeah this is this is the problem with these big accounts like these big quote unquote leftist accounts is they are they are in media they know inherent they know that when they post something yeah, yeah. people are going to engage with it and right, right. it's crazy because it's something i think about as a small account i only have like 12k followers on twitter I really do think about this stuff now because there's been times where I've retweeted, like I've quote tweeted somebody and somebody and people like really piled onto that person. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know how I feel necessarily about a giving this person attention. And then, you know, I don't want shitty people to get attention first of all, because it's not productive and it it just inspires like kind of the worst behavior in people. Mm -hmm. But also B it's like, I I don't know what's really going on behind this person. Like you know, sometimes it's just a shitty random account, and it's like yeah. I'm, I'd rather just ignore it. The fact that he did that, it it is deliberate. Like you can't just you can't just have an audience that huge. You can't have build built an audience that huge without knowing the implications of quote tweeting somebody or like. Tagging somebody, you know? And it's just really disgusting the way he keeps doing it. And he does it to all these smaller accounts and he loves doing it to DSA organizers. Mm
1: -hmm. And then you'll see,
0: yeah. And then you'll see the DSA, it's happened to like three or four mutuals I know in the past like four months. And it's really fucking disgusting because these are people that every time I see them post, They're posting about doing real shit in their community, or they're posting about Mm -hmm, their mm deeply held politics. This is not just like, these aren't just random, you know, uh, nameless, faceless people. Like, these are real people that he's going after. And he has
1: a real hang up on DSA people, too. Oh yeah, no, 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 but like that's the rub, right? When you have straight up grifters who are who are strictly in it to build their media empire, right? Like Ryan Knight and Jimmy Dore don't care about movement building. They don't care about. They don't care about creating a better world. They don't care about shit, but their pockets and lining those pockets. Right. And so, like, for them, it's like what what's going to get there? Like the the easiest way, the easiest, laziest way to to gain traction is to create ire, making people yep. mad gets Engagement. Like straight up, that's like the basic way to get engagement. And so like they build their little fucking fiefdoms up into a like a fervor on a target. Yeah. And, and and that's that's good for them. That's it. Like because all they care about is their bottom line. They don't care about movement building. They are blights on any movement that we're trying to build. And and frankly, like I wish they would just like delete and it cease to exist. Like please. Straight up, just like delete yourself. Get out of here. It's just such
2: a and I'm hoping I'm using the right language, like a co-optation of people's energy and anger. Like I get it, we're angry. I'm angry. Of course. Like we live in in this horrifically like dystopic capitalist hellhole. And our politicians don't care about us. Yes, we're all angry, but you need to be channeling that anger into something meaningful. And mm-hmm. if you're just telling people to be angry and to tweet at like The squad and, you know, that's not actually doing anything. And you're just wasting these people's energy. And and you're also actually actively telling them not to organize because they're not offering alternatives. Even if you don't like DSI for some reason, you're not offering another alternative at all. Mm-hmm. I've never once mm-hmm. heard them bring it up or say, I'm organizing with this. The only person that Ryan Knight has organized with is the People's Party. And that's
0: what a center right like grift now, like, and yeah. they, you
2: know, they had that thing with their staff. I don't know if
0: you guys heard that stuff. I haven't been paying too much attention to what's going yeah. on with that organization, because I, I knew from the get go, I was like, I just don't see the a future in this. I think it's really like not super productive. Um mm-hmm but yeah like it it also just like what pisses me off is not it's not just like I don't want to just cancel them because they're annoying and their followers are annoying it's it's deeper than that it is it is like what you said they're encouraging people to not work with the largest socialist organization in the country right and it's like yeah yes we do have almost a hundred thousand like paper members and our base like our organizing base is not as big as it could be in relation to those numbers but it's like I see people online every day posting about stuff that their chapter is doing Mm -hmm. and that is something and it's like I would not mind if he was like yeah I joined PSL and I'm doing this yes yeah or like whatever, whatever org. But when you ask people like, so what does Ryan Knight do? Like, why do you call him comrade? Because I see people calling him a fucking comrade. And I'm like, where did he earn? When did he earn this title? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and people can, nobody can ever tell me what the fuck he does outside of posting and having a fucking podcast. And it that drives me fine. up the goddamn wall. It drives me up the wall because there are so many fucking people in our movement that do this shit every day and they do not seek a platform and they and they do really important work and they never Mm -hmm. ever ever get even a fraction of the support that this guy gets for being a fucking loud white guy on the internet yeah and not only
2: that He's directing hate at the very people you're describing, who are actually doing the work. Like I've seen him direct hate at literal organizers, and that's mm-hmm. that's absurd to me. Like you are not doing anything. Like what you know, like you said, no, nope, he's not doing it. He added a hammer and sickle to his name. Congratulations. Like yeah. that was it after being a war up <laughs> literally. And and I think he was on like a Green Party thing for a while. Like you have not put in the work.
1: <laughs> I'm all. sorry, Green Party. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. comrade.
2: <laughs> yeah, literally, like, it's just, and it's okay. And I think a lot of people too see him, and then they defend him. And they're like, I'm defending his radicalization. Oh, why is it bad? And nobody's saying it's bad. I want to be clear. We're not saying it's bad to radicalize it, you know, come come like learn, but you have to be you have to exercise some humility and and show that you're willing to learn and listen to people who've had skin in the game
1: for years. Exactly. For years. And if you're going to if you're going to talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. What does that, quote unquote, radicalization actually mean in a material capacity, yes. Mr. Hammer and Sickle? Like, let's talk about materialism. Like, where is that? Where is the, the application of this theory? Yeah, you don't find I- it. You don't find it.
2: It's not there. And and it, it, it comes across as, like, an aesthetic thing. And then he's driving all these other people. But, but people are, you know, call me going for to be influencers. Literally. And it's sad. And Jimmy Dore does the same kind of stuff. I don't even think. I I cannot understand some, like, people who support Jimmy Dore. He's never come out as. I, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never once heard him say, "Oh, I'm a socialist," or I'm like, I never once heard him say he's just kind of anti-establishment. From what I've ever heard him talk about, you know, he supported Tulsi Gabbard. I don't think he has like those same principles, so I don't know why he gets this following from you know a portion <sighs> of the left who identifies with with you know Marxist theory and all of that. I just I don't really
1: understand because his critiques don't really come from that perspective and his Um, critiques are so like void of any sort of discipline and that's why you can have him say like actually like boob boys are good and like Go on Tucker Carlson. Yeah. And and it's like, these are the people that are, that have also designated themselves the spokespeople
0: of leftists, which is so arrogant to do. Like, I don't know anybody around me and in my orbit, media or real life that would, that would say that about them, that would designate themselves an authority enough to go on tucker carlson let alone like not push back on fucking anything Anything. he said like just nodding along and it's like it's because like he doesn't have an ideology that you can actually pinpoint he's just angry Mm -hmm. and he thinks and a lot of these people that follow them think that being angry at the right people and consuming certain media is being politically involved, and that's just mm-hmm. not the case. It doesn't do. It has no basis in material reality. Like yes, he said, and it doesn't help anybody. All it does is just create this toxic environment where anyone that disagrees with them or tries to offer a nuanced critique against them is immediately like designated the enemy. And yes. talk about like a wrecker mentality there. Like I see a lot of otherwise like rational people coming to their defense. And I just, you have to wonder like, what is this? But it's a weird continuation of American celebrity worship that has just now been transferred over to leftist media people. So all these people that accuse you and me and Yessie or whoever um, criticizes them as AOC stands, they're just like, they're just cheerleading for different people. And 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 the thing too is
2: anger without direction is meaningless. You know, if you're just angry and you're just, you know, sitting there, And you're not directing those people to, you know, organizing or to like demystifying their feelings through like radical education or anything. You're doing a disservice because these people now are just angry. Like you're just making them angry and you're also providing them cover so that when other people critique you or or you being like Jimmy Dore or Ryan Knight, that kind of stuff, that you're not angry enough. How could you, you should be like angry at these politicians, not these podcasters there's like a word for it. I don't know if it's like a cop out or something, but that's the thing that they go to right away. Is that, oh, well, why are you angry at a podcaster and not the politicians? And that's because they're being told by these people that anyone who just, if you're not with us, you're against us. Right. And, and, and it does make me kind of sad mm-hmm. because I want to work with people who are angry at this system. And I, I want to, you know, organize with those people and, and build this movement. That's like the most important thing in the world to me is is, is mm-hmm. math politics and moving forward and getting numbers Absolutely. and being angry able to actually affect change and you know that they're not doing anything to to further that at all um and they're just making people angry and profiting like outrage porn that's what i've been calling it like they're just profiting off this outrage porn
1: that's exactly what it is and i think you know here here's the thing is like it is more profitable to keep people angry and feeling helpless um, and develop mm-hmm. like, c- these parasocial relationships because that's what it is. It's a parasocial relationship oh, yeah. with someone who's validating your feelings, but it's, it, it, it's absolutely outrage porn. It's emotional masturbation with no real like movement forward. And then you're left yeah. feeling spent and empty and you just do it again and again, and that's it. And that's A blight on our movement. That is a that is harmful. Like we should have spaces where, you know, we talk about stuff and people can can have content that is meaningful to them. Right. That that I agree with. But when you exploit people like this and say no org is good enough for you, therefore do nothing and attack people who are doing something. That needs to that shit needs to be cut out.
0: Yeah, for real. And there is also an element here of American impatience. I noticed this about mm-hmm. American leftists a lot is there is this impatience, um, especially when it's like directed towards socialist organizations. It's like, why isn't DSA doing this? Why isn't DSA doing this? And it's like, you know that we're all like volunteers, right? Like we're all overwhelmingly working class volunteers that are just doing the shit in our free time. If something's not getting done, fucking do it yourself. Like, you know, it's just such a, like, it's a combination of impatience, entitlement and like a learned helplessness that as Americans, you have to really like examine why you feel that these things need to happen in this timeline or else, a project is a failure. It's a really defeatist kind of attitude and it's just not, it's just not productive.
2: Yeah. And they're, they're really feeding into it. And I think it's almost like an isolation tactic. It's very strange to me. Like you can only listen to me. I am the arbiter of knowledge. Everybody else is wrong. And if they disagree with me, they disagree with this movement and Mm -hmm. it's like weird That they're trying to make people feel that everyone else is their enemy and the enemy of progress, that progress should happen tomorrow. And if it doesn't, the people who are trying to build something are, you know, the traitors. And that goes back to what Mm -hmm. Ryan Knight says about DSA. He he talks so much about DSA and he doesn't know anything. My chapter hardly does Mm -hmm. electoral work, but he's convinced we are like these Mm. sheep herders into the DNC, but we're not doing that. It's it's such a misunderstanding of what the goals of of, of this organization are, and to be speaking on it yeah. like that, and to act like you're an authority on it is is so em- embarrassing and shameful to me because you don't know mm-hmm. what you're talking yeah. about, but you have this huge pulpit that you're using to talk, and and then I see people parroting that rhetoric, and I don't, I I feel bad for them in a way because I feel sad mm-hmm. that they've, yeah. they've been like exploited to believe this and now they and and it's almost like they're immune right because they're also being fed that the people who are pushing back are just you know sheep herders for the democratic party and right so they don't want to listen and it creates this like toxic cycle of people who are kind of trapped in this feeling these feelings of helplessness this constant outrage this combativeness which was present in my
0: replies crazy yeah you've been um, getting some bonkers replies lately like just straight up I just feel so badly for for you and your mentions, <laughs> because, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> <the> mentions. <laughs> yeah
1: because
0: like, this will happen to me too like some like right winger will retweet me or something And all of a sudden, I just have people in my mentions just calling me a whore, just calling me a stupid fucking stripper, just like trying to pick apart my appearance and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is another thing about having primarily toxic mask media dudes being the spokespeople for an anti-capitalist movement because they they perpetuate the same fucking attitudes about women that right-wingers do. Like, I can't Mm -hmm. ever tell the difference between right-wingers and leftist people in my comments when they're just calling me stupid or they're saying that like I support sex trafficking because I support sex workers rights oh and like, Christ. Christ. it chips away at you mm-hmm. in a way that yeah. other things in your real life don't because mm-hmm. it's so immediate and random and yeah this is one of those things too, where it's like, would you really say this to my face? This is a big problem, especially with white leftists. It's like, oh yeah, you wouldn't say this shit to my face because you know I would fucking clock yeah. you. Like, I don't care if I'm <laughs> or not. I don't give a fuck. Like, if you fucking approach me like this, I will, I will step to you. And yeah. I don't think that's a violent response. I think that's a pretty rational response, especially totally. a class person who grew up in public schools. Um, yeah. Like, no, and you just don't talk to people like that in real life. So why would you think it carries over in a digital space? You know,
1: because of the like the separation. Like you know, um, my therapist one time had me do this project on uh, the the psychology of online, like being too online. Yeah, and the fact that having this like separation of human contact. It, it, it leads to people kind of forgetting or negating your other people's humanity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And empathy and compassion. Right. Like, and so and so so the material impact isn't right there in your face of like when you do something like abusive or violent online, you know, so you just don't think about it. Right. Um, and the more that you do it, the more the more like normalizing it becomes. Right. I, I feel like people like Jimmy Dore and Ryan Knight, like capitalize on that and they oh, yeah. know that they know
2: and it, and for me I feel like such a baby when I complain and I know like I and, and I know I shouldn't but mm-hmm. my entire life right now and for the last year has been online that sounds horrible but I I mean I bartended for a good portion of the pandemic but I'm in online law school so I'm on my computer all day in school yeah. and then I do my work on fan house so I'm interacting with like my subs on there and then mm-hmm. I get subs through Twitter and like so I'm constantly like that's kind of become my community. I live in a home with like other people, but you yeah. know they're older they're older than me. And so like that's in a way like my community and I didn't want to get them sick with COVID, so I don't really go out much. And yeah, all my DSA meetings are on Zoom or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's it, it sounds really embarrassing to be like, I'm actually like genuinely getting hurt by people online. But when that community that I have developed is becoming like so toxic mm-hmm. and I can't open up my phone without seeing someone be like, you're a whore, fuck you. um, like And, and even more horrible stuff, like people are saying like, violent stuff to me, or, or like yeah. a lot of like, kill yourself stuff. And, you know, I'm a strong girl, I'm, I got thick skin, and I, I was bullied uh-huh. in high school. I'll, I, I don't take shit normally, but the volume, from these people specifically who are supposed to be leftists who are supposed to be like principled people who care about humanity and hu- compassion and empathy are right. throwing vitriol like, at, at me directly, directly. Like, i'm, I'm a, a person i'm, I'm a human, human. i, I, I tweet this, this out, out but, and it, and it feels, feels weird to say but i'm a human behind this, behind this account. account and yes. when, when you're, you're saying, saying like you stupid, stupid fucking, fucking bitch, bitch to me like and I'm, I'm reading, reading that, that if it's a hundred people it hurts it ends up hurting it sounds corny but it does like end up hurting and and feeding into like my own mental image of who I am
0: and like what yeah. what I stand for and stuff yeah that's totally. and it, it's there there is this critic this criticism also um that people have about socialist organizations especially DSA that it's like DSA is you know it's full of white dudes full of white bros mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. huh mm-hmm. I wonder why that is. I wonder why leftist yeah. spaces are overwhelmingly like, unless unless they are like pretty much like rooted in non-white communities, it, it's mm-hmm. really hard to like exist yeah. as a feminine person and as especially a woman of color. And that the way people complain about DSA being like for white guys ex- mm-hmm. pretty much exclusively or whatever and that criticism, it's like, what do you think Ryan Knight and Jimmy Dore are doing? Because like, maybe they are cultivating like a more multiracial base, but it's like, they're also cultivating a base of misogynist, unchecked misogyny and unchecked hostility towards non-white women and it is so like crazy that all the criticism it's again it's just like pure projection sometimes from people on the left I'll see these people that are critical of DSA for all these reasons and then they turn around and then they spew the exact same shit that they're talking about and it is just like I really want people to just step back and really ask yourself is harassing this person online who is stating their opinion, who, whose opinion you could just ignore, or you can just mm-hmm. say, I don't agree with you, and here's the reasons why. If your response to them is like, just fuck you, fucking die, whatever, it's like, why don't you fucking examine that in yourself? Yeah. And ask yourself, like, totally. What is this actually achieving other than giving me that dopamine hit of rage that I need to get on with my day? you know, and, I, and it's like, I know I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Like I definitely built some of my following on being fucking mad online, mm-hmm. but at a certain point, when you get to a certain level, when you get to a certain point and in your organizing, you realize you can't just be that you just can't just be angry at everyone all the time. You have to be more selective with your energy and you have to recognize okay, that this is a weird wrecker person, I can just ignore them. Or this is a person mm-hmm. that needs help professionally, there's no point in me piling on them and dunking on them. And it's yeah. like, I just I, I have this horrible feeling that if left unchecked, they're going to go after like Ryan Knight or Jimmy Dore or any of their followers are going to go after the wrong person and someone's going to hurt themselves, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, this totally. is, that's a real-world consequence that could totally happen. I mean, like, how many documentaries do we need about, like, online harassment to, mm-hmm. un, like, to mm-hmm. fucking
1: figure mm-hmm. this out already? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, the other thing, too, about this that is so, so critical is they have this platform. And what they could do with this platform is actually get people to fucking do something. But instead, they're attacking people who actually do something, right? Samantha, you're a person who actually does something. And I think it's important that we lift that up. So I want to ask you about your chapter. I want to ask you about your work. Tell us about what, what you're doing.
2: Cool. So um, I joined, like I said, I joined DSA, um, literally my New Year's resolution. I was like, I'm going to join. I got involved That's in stuff awesome. with DSA. And it was really like it just night and day. So one of the things that I think is really awesome that we've been working on um, is energy municipalization yes. um, in this area. Because after what happened in Texas, our Long Island, which is a very Republican conservative type area, at least in Suffolk County, especially, they want to privatize our energy. And that's just, you know, obviously awful. So we're trying to advocate yeah. for municipalization. On top of that, my DSA chapter has been working, we're doing this Wednesday, we're working with Nassau DSA to do um, a community garden that we're starting. And then the one of the most sad things, I guess, we're working on, I live in an immigrant area. And in my and it's a rather like lower income area. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this area, there was a park, And this park had a bunch of homeless people that would sleep in the park. And two activists were actually working to feed them. And of course, that's like, you know, an affront to SCPD, Suffolk County Police Department. Yeah. They would be driving their cars up on the grass, throwing dirt on these people's food, all this stuff. Bullshit. So they continuously antagonized and harassed these homeless people and activists mm-hmm. to, uh, and a scuffle ended up occurring. And they're, now they're charging those activists with incitement of a riot and they're facing life in God. prison. Oh my they God. Life in prison.
0: Literally. That's how How is that was. even? Uh, I, Actually, false we, yeah, we don't have a, a ton of time to get into like, why that would be a life charge, because that would be like a what like a misdemeanor or a, maybe a felony. At the most. Yeah. yeah, like a misdemeanor yeah. in a lot of places. That is insane.
2: And one of the activists and I believe he is the one that's being charged with the highest charge or whatever is actually homeless himself. He's living with this other like on this other girl's apartment couch. So and they're basically they put-
1: just targeting unhoused organizers like left and right. This is awful.
2: It's brutal. It's disgusting. They put up a fence, um, and this is literally five minutes away from my house. This like uh park or whatever. Yeah. They put up a fence so that homeless people can no longer go in there because they don't want them sleeping in the park for whatever reason. It's it's just horrible, and that's something we're working to try to help them like with legal services and stuff like that. That's awesome. So that's something I'm really like proud of. But it's just going back to working in DSA regular or, or like organizing that we also did um COVID mutual aid um and provided like food and other services to people um and I worked with Queens DSA to um Jocelyn Carr she's running for uh City Council mm. of socialist over there so I phone banked for her I think awesome. everyone should phone bank for like some kind of local it, getting to know your community whether it be canvassing or phone banking is so important totally when I was in college, I was like broke and I needed to do something. And they offered me like a bunch of money to uh, canvas for like some shitty dem in uh, Suffolk County. But meeting these people, you actually like a lot of people don't answer the doors, don't get me wrong. But when you do get to speak to them and learn about people like the concerns of the people in your community, you know, the working people who who live in your community, it's it's eye opening, because this is not like only being online, you know, Twitter is very uh, is more left leaning. Um, most people on Twitter are, you know, um, wealthier you're not get, hearing the concerns of your specific community. And your your feed is curated, you know, for who you agree with and, and positions you hold. So learning about these people, learning about their concerns and hearing, like, in Long Island, a lot of people support Trump, but they don't really know what he's about. They don't know what the Republican Party is really about. They're just kind of, like, reactionary. And, and being able to talk to them, that's, like, the most important thing. I think that that's, like, should be a focus of a lot of, like, Organize. It's just talking to
0: people in your community, be it through canvassing, phone banking, or whatever. Because you yes. learn a lot. You learn so yes. much. But Samantha, that would require us to actually work on our politics. No. Yeah, like I could, I could trust me. I like I the the whole like toxic online left has been just like a thorn in my fucking side for so long and and I know it's just it's so frustrating it's frustrating because there is no shortcut to this shit and I feel like what a lot of again it's that impatience thing it's like Ryan Knight and mm-hmm. Jimmy Dore and their biggest supporters they want a shortcut to revolution yeah but it's like Lennon didn't just go out on the streets and just you know start being like I'm fucking pissed or you let's go it's like, <laughs> yeah. like years years years, years. Shit. it's just like mind blowing when you ask people to do something as simple as calling or texting or even, even Mm -hmm. text banking people. Yeah. People are like, no, I don't have time. And it's like, you have time to post on Twitter. Like, yeah. Yeah. You You have have time to consume like a lot of the, a a lot of like extremely online leftists that don't do any, you know, IRL organizing. They'll, Mm -hmm. they'll have all this theory. They'll have all this knowledge of theory. And it's like, you had all this time to like, look into this theory you could have taken mm-hmm. 30 minutes and learned how to phone bank learned how to text bank mm-hmm. but yeah you know attended half of a dsa meeting half of a psl meeting half of a whatever like it, it's one of those things where it's just like it, it is learned helplessness and it is just this aversion to actually putting in the legwork it takes to get the yeah. thing that you want
2: you know yeah and i think that's the problem with these like leftists who who go so like their ideology can be described as just anti-establishment and they're not really standing for something tangible. And I, I I think Mm -hmm. that then you have all that, like these people, right. They have all this knowledge, but like, this isn't a counterculture movement that's like for right. like the cool different kids that like want this is this is supposed to be like i i want this to grow i would love to, you know i think hopefully like all of us want to see this become the mainstream position like socialism is the way to go right i don't want to be in a movement that's so exclusive and keeps it, like, it can like, be very like
0: yeah
2: and not, I, I want to be clear too. I don't mean like to open it to like reactionaries or like, I know that's a whole separate discourse. Right. So I want to be clear with that, but more so that like you shouldn't be like, Holding on to all this knowledge and not, you know, sharing with the community or trying to organize with the community exclusionary and ex- to the point of inaction. Yes, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it. It does nothing for us. It does nothing. I don't care if you've read all the theory in the world. If you're not putting that into action, if you're not, you know, organizing, it, it's not doing anything. It's not servicing the community. It's not doing anything for the working class. That that that's the mo. That's what this is all about. You know, this is all yeah. about improving the material conditions of the the working class here and abroad. And that that's what what our focus should be. It should not be on like, oh, I know all this stuff and I'm just mm-hmm. going to like be in my exclusive club. And I think that that's like the, the kind of audience they try to draw is to be yeah. when you're just anti-establishment and you're just against something and you don't stand for anything. Uh, it's dangerous. It, 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 you can't Absolutely. build a movement
0: off that. You can't. Yeah. And it's yeah. also it also is like putting all the emphasis on electoral work when that is like one, that is one aspect of organizing work. Right. That is, that, that is one thing. And it really bothers me when people get really wrapped up in like federal, like politics to the point where they don't know anything about what's actually happening in their own local Mm -hmm. communities, because a lot of corruption happens on the local level. A lot of, uh, you could really like, and and this whole aversion to running anybody as a Democrat, it's like, that doesn't make sense in a lot of places. It doesn't make sense to to run independent because like there are strategic reasons to run as a Democrat. And it's like, to be like, oh, I I can't put my name on a Democrat thing. It's like, you know
1: like that doesn't make any sense like do you want to win or what we want to fucking win right so literally and you want to create the conditions that allow you to win and and you know like even if you like are anti-electoral work i think that's that's legitimate and good and fine but understanding that that it takes a diversity of tactics or if you're like electoral works it takes a diversity of tactics to create the conditions that will allow for a mass movement and that includes concessions from aligned down ballot races and propositions and uh, measures that will support the working class and that also includes other tactics as well direct action uh mutual aid etc etc and so yeah, yeah. I
2: feel like a lot of people believe there's no differentiation. If you're anti-electoral, it means you you won't even vote for local candidates. When that's like where the most change can be affected. Mm-hmm. So a socialist city council candidate can improve the public transport in your area. Can you know help advocate for guaranteed housing in your area? Th- this focus and and that's what these you know Jimmy Dore and Ryan Knight so focus on these federal polit- politicians. Mm-hmm. Which a their fo- their fixation on specifically AOC, I think also bleeds out into the people who follow them, who then are very fixated on her. And also a lot of their critique can be like almost misogynistic. It's like so- It's weirdly... definitely
1: misogynistic.
2: Yeah. It's just a very strange fixation on this woman that like I'm over and like I feel like we can just move on. But like it bleeds into their people who are now going to like parrot some mis- misogynistic rhetoric. And, you know, that's just not what- let's not doing a socialism like yelling at like a federal politician it's just such a mind-boggling misunderstanding of how socialists are supposed to engage in the United States and these kind of things
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and and it's like um I've been seeing this quote misused a lot lately when it comes to talking about AOC and how people you know whether you believe she's like betrayed her base or betrayed uh the socialist movement or not I think there's arguments both ways, honestly. But I see like that that Audrey Lorde uh quote really misapplied a lot of places where um, oh, the, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. And it's like, okay, but the follow-up to that isn't uh the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. So there's that. Like it's like, oh yes, well, yes, I so keep living in it, no. bitch. <laughs> It's like there has no, to be something, right. you have to be offering an alternative. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're just saying. I guess, I guess that's it. I guess I'm just mad and yell and like call my Congress people constantly and just yell at them. And it's like, I, I, yeah, it's really, it's really frustrating because, you know, there, there is a lesson to be learned here electorally and that, and, and they're taking away all the, the wrong lessons from it, which is like, we cannot worship these people they are tools that we need to use to advance our agenda but the mistake that happened in the very beginning was people putting all their expectations into AOC into mm-hmm. uh, Rashida Tlaib, Tlaib and I- Iman Omar and they, these are imperfect people you know they're they're right. yeah. people and they are subject to the same kind of influences that every other politician is is subject to no matter how progressive you are it is very easy to get swallowed in the machine um yeah. the lesson mm-hmm. we don't take from that is fuck them all like burn it it's like yeah i want to burn it all down too but it's like there's there's a roadmap that we need to establish in order to mm-hmm. do that. yeah and i say this um I, 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 a lot of the time like if we are to burn it
2: down today like the the fascists win like we don't have the power pa- like these like you said earlier we don't have an infrastructure, you know, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, we have to work pragmatically and re- realistically with what, with what we have. And as much as, yeah, I want to burn it all down. Like I'd also don't want to burn it all down and then realize like I'm on the losing side really bad because we didn't take the time to build, you know, and, I get it. Mm. It's impatient, and I've seen a lot of them like uh, use like the phrase like, "Oh well, people are dying every day, and how many more people are blah blah." And I get it, and I sympathize with that. And but more people will will be hurt if we don't have the capability to actually like harness power. Like there's there's just not. A, we need to have a roadmap, and we need to build. You know, like you said earlier, Lenin didn't just go out and scream and take like four people and try to take on you know the the, the army. Like he he organized. And mm-hmm. you have to have that. If that's not there, like you're just setting yourself up for failure or for, or for um, feeling like, Like, I feel like a lot of people got disappointed in AOC because they put so all their hope in her, like you said, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you're just going to end up feeling um, really nihilistic and really like, yeah, nothing's ever going to get better when every day like we're we're, we're making small strides, we're growing, we're we're gaining power. And it's important to celebrate a the small victories, but also to realize that small victories are necessary before we before bigger action
0: yes yes yeah absolutely yeah i i I think like when people think about pragmatism i think that that is kind of like a triggering word for some people when they're like because they've been told by the democrats their whole life to be pragmatic choose less evils that's definitely not what we're talking about as socialists when we talk about pragmatism as socialists we talk about utilizing our resources strategically Um, Mm -hmm. because like activist burnout is real. I mean, look at what happened to all the fucking active, all the socialists and communists in the fucking fifties and sixties, all these organizations burnt down. Like there's not a lot of them left. And if they're left, they're really not that powerful anymore. And it's because it, it takes so much energy to even do a very small political campaign. yeah Um, yeah. even with even with a lot of support from your community so we are working against so many differing forces you have to be selective about what it is that you're working on you have to be selective with your energy because from a psychological standpoint it's not sustainable to go on angry and hurt and helpless all the time you you need something uh you need a something underneath all that that is supporting you and that is why it's so important to talk to each other and like build that community in real life
2: yeah and I think it's important too we're we're going up against forces that are like we're an inherent disadvantage forces that are much stronger than us that have the power of the state and and Endless money mm-hmm, behind mm-hmm. them are antagonistic to our cause. Right. So it's going to be an uphill battle. That's that. That's what it is. And it's it's going to, we're going to have setbacks, like I, what just happened with Amazon. Stuff like that is going to happen. That doesn't mean it's all for nothing or that we haven't gained something because there, mm-hmm. there are gains and losses as well. But, you know, we, we learn and we move on and we right. grow from that. Yeah. And I think, but I think some, this kind of rhetoric that they're feeding is that like, if, it, if there's a defeat, throw it all away and that's never going to uh further our cause at all you know well
0: thank you so much for chatting with us this has been so great super (laughs) Super fun
1: this is the right kind of anger that I want to like channel you know righteous and informed by action yes yes going forward we love it
0: Thank you for having me. Yeah, we loved having you. And I I love seeing your posts because you are so very insightful and you you are a tough cookie, you know, like hang in there. Mm Thank you. Whenever I feel like a thread is, yeah, like whenever I feel like a thread is getting out of control, I just mute it. I mute my own threads. Yeah. I mute my my notifications all the time. Yeah. I turn my
2: notifications to people who follow me and that I follow back and it's beautiful. Oh my gosh. I cannot suggest it enough. Um, I have been able to pick up on some small stuff if someone brings it to my attention, but it's so much less uh, mentally damaging to me.
0: Mm, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So where can we find you online? Like, how can we, how can we support your work and, and you as, um you know, as a person? So on
2: Twitter, I am at Samajamas. It's at S-A-M-M-A-J-A-M-M-A-Z. And I, if you're into sex work um, I have my we house. love it here <laughs> um and you can subscribe the link is in my bio and that would help me like financially um and yeah I don't really use other social media because Instagram has turned into like a suspect I uh, should literal shopping app I can't even log on there so yeah I'm on mm-hmm. Twitter and it's Suki. Suki's mom is like what I go
0: by that's my baby I wish she was here Aww. Aww. yeah i was referring to you as suki for the longest time and i was like i know that's not her freaking name (laughs) everyone does it and it's so
2: funny to me like reading it i think it's so cute i'm like oh and that would be a really cute name like i wish my parents had named me suki that would have been really cool oh wait she actually did just show up over there she's somewhere over there (laughs) oh and she's a cat for anyone listening sorry (laughs) she's not a a daughter i was like so many people are like, Oh my god, you've had a baby, and I'm like, No, <laughs>
0: that's my God. I don't know if I'll ever have babies. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, thank you so much. So, do you prefer Sam or thank Samantha you. just
2: going forward? Samantha is what my dad calls me when he's mad at me, <laughs> so I go by Sam. Oh, okay,
1: because I wanted to call you Sam because you have big Sam energy, but I was like, Thank you. Like,
2: yeah, yeah, I feel big like Sam Samantha energy. is like Princess Elma, like I, in a bad way, you know like yeah, yeah it's really, really like
0: hard on the uh, Samantha like yeah it, it it feels
2: like royal in a bad way you know <laughs> like, i just don't like it <laughs> and samajama if i can plug that is uh what my dad called me growing up when he wasn't i wasn't in trouble if i wasn't like caught speaking out i was samajama so that's why that's my name <laughs> yeah <Love that. laughs> But thank you guys so much. It's so cool to be on here. I've been, like, listening to you guys. I'm a Patreon, and I, like, love Yay, your content. You, you guys you. do such good work. And I everyone should support you guys. Like, it's so important to support our organizers in our community and people who are, Best you God. know, doing the work, and they're walking the walk and talking the talk. And that's what you guys do. So thank you, like, so, 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 so much. Thank, thank you, too. Thank this you. is a wonderful love fest
0: we've got. Over <laughs> yeah. <It's> a nice <laughs> so palette here. for the I love the last week. I know. All right. Well, thank you so much. And this has been Hot Girl Agenda. We'll see you next week. Remember to subscribe to the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Hot Girl Agenda. See you later. Bye. Because Because I'm a hot girl. I do hot shit. Hot shit. 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 Because I'm a hot girl. girl.